0: You're listening to the Professional Writer Podcast, episode number 71. We recently had our home resided with pre-painted siding, but there were certain areas we still needed to paint, namely the trim. We vowed to do it ourselves, and so we started by repainting our garage door and some shutters. It was detail work that required several coats of paint, so it was slow going. It wasn't difficult, but After a few days of getting up close and personal with the paint can and not making significant progress, I had had enough. We collected estimates from several professionals and found a company that just happened to have a two-day gap in their schedule in between other projects. They came out, and in a day and a half, they had painted the trim around our entire house and touched up the areas that I hadn't done the best job on. Yes, it did cost a good chunk of change, but it looked far better than I ever could have done it, and the job was done efficiently. For me, paying an experienced professional to do a job beautifully and quickly that I could have done adequately and slowly was well worth my investment. Welcome to the Professional Writer Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Christensen, and I'm here to help you confidently plan, launch, and grow your writing-related business. In the show notes for today's episode at bloggingbistro.com, there's a link that you can click to subscribe to the podcast and I will email you a notification about every new episode. You'll also receive my bonus quick start guide called Essential Resources for Running a Writing Business, which is exactly what we are going to be talking about in today's episode. Today is part two of my new series on investments for your writing business. Last week in episode 70, I recommended five quick, easy, and free things that you can do right now to gain visibility as a writer. You'll definitely want to listen to that introductory episode in this series. Today, I'm going to tell you exactly what I spend money on in my own writing-related business. While I am very much a frugal do-it-yourselfer, and go back and listen to episode 70 if you want to learn more about that, I also believe in investing in services and people and products who have skills that I lack and who love doing things I hate doing, which frees me up to focus on doing the things that I'm best at. before I get into the nitty-gritty of what I spend money on, I want to mention one investment that has been a staple my entire life, and that is donating a percentage of my income to charitable organizations. When I was a kid, I received 50 cents per week in allowance. Big money, yes, 50 cents a week. I put 25 cents in the church offering plate every Sunday, and I got to keep the other 25 cents for myself. Church people call this tithing, T-I-T-H-I-N-G. So let's stop here and pause for today's Word Nerd moment. Did you know that the word tithe, T-I-T-H-E, comes from the Old English and the word means one-tenth, which is why we often refer to a tithe as setting aside one-tenth of our income for God. As far back as I can remember, tithing, in other words, giving generously to organizations that I care about, has been a normal part of my life. However, if this practice is new to you and you rarely or never donate a portion of your income to charitable organizations, I encourage you to begin doing this. It's up to you whether you give based on your gross or your net income, and if starting off with 10% feels like a lot, start with 5%, and then every month try to add one more percent until you're giving 10%, 20%, or like I did when I was growing up, 50% of your income. As I walk you through expenses to plan for, I suggest that you include a category titled giving, or tithing, or charitable donations, We're going to cover three main types of expenses that you need to plan for as you go about organizing and growing your writing-related business. You'll have your one-time expenses, which I also call sometimes expenses. You then have annual, yearly expenses, and you have monthly expenses. I calculated my yearly expenses for software and services that I pay an annual fee for, and it is approximately $2,700 per year. That equates to a little over $220 a month. I'm extremely frugal, and I began subscribing to many of the services that I use years ago, which means that I am on their legacy plans, where they don't routinely raise the rates on me, but they keep me as a customer by charging me what I paid when I first subscribed 10 or 15 years ago. If you're just starting out, you're going to pay more than I do for some of these services. Now, I don't want you to feel as if you have to sign up for all of the services I use, and I'm going to tell you about quite a few different ones. I have been a business owner for nearly 15 years, and I have added on many of these expenditures slowly over time. I urge you to start small with a few essentials and then to add more as you earn income and profit and you can afford to purchase new items. In terms of budgeting for these annual and monthly fees, I recommend that you budget, for starters, somewhere between $2,000 and $4,000 per year. That is $175 to $350 per month for monthly fees or annual fees for essential services. This budget, this $2,000 to $4,000 per year budget that you're going to set aside for business fees does not include one-time fees or sometimes fees that you'll pay for services such as hiring a coach, a mentor, an editor, a proofreader, a cover designer for your book. I'm going to be featuring a guest in an upcoming episode who is going to walk us through the investments that she made in self-publishing her book. The budget does not include purchasing a coaching program or a course to help you learn or master a skill. It does not include attending in-person writers' conferences or retreats, and that could mean registration fees. Uh, If you attend a writer's conference, you might have to pay extra for a pitch session where you are pitching your project to an agent or an editor. You may have to pay an additional fee for contest entry fees. Plus, you'll have to pay, if it's an in-person conference, for travel, accommodations, usually some meals, and the event registration itself. The budget does not include hiring someone to design your logo. It does not include hiring someone to design any of your marketing collateral, hiring someone to design and program your website, hiring someone to edit and produce your podcast. These are all things that I actually do pay money for every year, but I don't include them in my 2000 to 4000 a year budget because they're kind of sometimes fees. They may be a one-time only fee or they may be something that I do only every few years. You'll want to build extra additional funds into your budget if you plan to do any of those things that I just mentioned. Also, your budget does not include one-time or sometimes product expenditures. Before I go through this list, I want to mention that All of this will be in the show notes over at bloggingbistro.com. I realize I'm going to be covering a lot of material today. You will definitely want to go and check out the show notes for episode 71 and click some of those links that I'm going to have to some of these items that will take you directly to places where you can purchase them if you need to buy some of these items. Product expenditures that are not included in my annual budget, computer, laptop, and or tablet. I invest in a new laptop about every three years. My laptop is my number one most used business tool. And I really like to use a laptop that is fast, that has enough space to store millions of files. And yes, my laptop does have millions of files on it. And it also has handy USB ports for my external webcam and my podcasting microphone, which is a bit tricky to find these days because many of the new laptops do not have external USB ports ports, which kind of irritates me because I'm a little bit old school when it comes to USB ports. But uh, hey, I'll get over it. I'll change with the times. So a laptop, tablet, computer, those are things that I invest in about once every three years. So I set aside 1000 to 2000 extra dollars every three years to buy a really good top-of-the-line laptop. Then you have your external hard drive, which I use to back up my files. You'll also want a printer, I have a workhorse, a black-and-white high-speed laser printer manufactured by Brother. I think I paid around $250 for it, and those laser cartridges last forever. We also have an ancient color printer for the rare times we need to print in color. Previously, I've been using a color printer a lot, and I discovered that I really don't need to do that for most projects. There's only a certain rare amount of times that I actually need to print things in color. For me, my black and white laser printer is like a dream come true, and it's also fast too. I can print out a lot of pages in a short amount of time if I need to. Next, you will need some paper to put in that printer. I like buying printer paper from Amazon because I can get exactly the amount that I need, whether that's one ream, three reams, five reams, eight reams, 10 reams, or they also sell it by the truckload, which is 8,400 reams, just in case you need a lot of paper. Then a scanner, you might need to invest in a scanner and I've had my scanner for years. About the only thing that I still use my scanner for is to scan client contracts. Then we have a monitor, or monitors, plural. Many writers and editors and proofreaders who I know love using dual monitors, or they use a vertical monitor or a monitor that swivels from horizontal to vertical. Editors in particular have told me that a vertical orientation makes writing, editing, and reading so much faster and easier, and the reason why is because when you're looking at your monitor in the vertical or portrait format, it requires... less eye movement than a horizontal configuration. Scrolling down the text instead of back and forth means less eye strain. Next you'll want to have either a Wi-Fi router and or an Ethernet hardwired cable connection to the internet. If it's available to you I recommend an Ethernet connection because it's typically faster, it's more stable, and it's also more secure than a Wi-Fi connection. You may want to have a webcam, and in the show notes, I have recommended the webcam that I have used for years for doing everything from Zoom calls to clients to recording videos to basically whatever I need to use a webcam for. And then because I am a podcaster, I also have a podcasting microphone. If you invest in a good dynamic microphone, you can use it not only for podcasting, but you can also use it for Zoom meetings, for recording online workshops, for doing Facebook Lives. There's lots of different things that you can use a podcasting microphone for. And then headphones, a good pair of headphones is essential, especially if you are a podcaster. I happen to be wearing my headphones right now and Let me look to see what they are because I can't remember the brand. Hold on just a second while I take them off. Uh, Oh, they're Skull Candy. They're older headphones, but they're really great headphones. One of my sons, who is a gamer, I inherited them from him. Let's just say that when he upgraded to a better set of headphones, he gave me his old ones. Then, of course, you will probably want to have a cell phone. You probably already have a preference about which brand or model of smartphone that you like. So I'll just mention that having a phone is handy, especially if you work with clients like I do. I use my phone for consultations with clients who prefer not to use Zoom. And yes, there are a fair amount of people who really don't like going on videos. So I use my phone for that. I use it for texting, for Voxer, which is walkie-talkie messaging. for social media direct messages, for managing my Instagram account, among other things. A cell phone is kind of one of those no-brainer things that you will definitely want to invest in to help you more efficiently run your writing-related business. Next on my list is a camera. For me, the camera on my cell phone serves my purposes, but I know many authors who prefer to have a separate digital SLR camera for taking pictures for their blog, social media, their website, their products, etc., and finally, on my list of one time or sometimes product expenses, we have books. Books, books, books. Yes, we are writers. We need lots of books. At least we want lots of books. And as you know, ebooks are generally the least expensive type of book to purchase, and audiobooks are the most expensive. Many of the authors that I know really enjoy switching between listening to audiobooks and reading the Kindle version, and you can do that through Sync for Voice. This is through Audible, and currently that costs $15 a month after their 30-day free trial. And this is a separate membership from Amazon Prime. So if you are an Amazon Prime subscriber, be aware that if you go with WhisperSync for Voice, the Audible subscription, that is an additional fee on top of what you pay for your Amazon Prime membership, at least at the time I'm recording this, it is. Before you invest in a service or a tool, check to see whether they offer any or all of these three items. First, see if they offer a free 14-day trial or a 30-day trial many of them do. Many of them also have a free version, which is kind of a starter version that usually gives you limited features. I always do the free trial first, which they'll put you on one of their pro plans or one of their kind of of middle-of-the-road plans for the free trial, usually, because they want to sell you on the more expensive plan, obviously. But then after that trial period ends, I generally start with the free plan, unless I know that I need a more feature-rich plan. You can always upgrade to a paid plan when you're ready. The third thing to do before investing in a service or tool is to see if they offer a discount for paying annually as opposed to paying monthly. Almost all the services that offer two types of payment plans do this, or they offer a monthly payment plan, say, you know, $10 a month if you pay by the month, but if you pay by the year, then they give you a free month or something like that. Next, I'm going to tell you about the items that I spend money on every year. And this is where I mentioned earlier in the episode that I spend approximately $2,700 per year. These are the items that I spend that $2,700 per year on. And I'm going to divide it up into several sections. I'll first tell you about some calendars and schedulers that I use, then some business basics tools, some website and email marketing tools, some images and video tools, and then I'll finish up with telling you about some of the tools I use for podcasting. Let's start with calendars and schedulers. The very first one on my list is probably my favorite of all the tools that I'm going to tell you about. It's also one of the least expensive, which is fantastic. It's called To-Do, And the way they spell it is kind of fun. T-E-U-X, D-E-U-X, kind of Frenchified it. So it's called To Do. It costs $24 a year. And let me tell you, it is well worth every penny that I spend. I use To Do all day every day. In fact, when I boot up my browser every day, to-do is just right there. It's one of those saved files that I have that automatically pops up every single time I open my browser. And it is so simple. In fact, I could do an entire podcast episode on this. Let's just say that it's great for helping me be productive. It is a little daily calendar, super simple, I can just list the different things that I want to get accomplished during that business day. And if I don't happen to get one of those items accomplished, it just moves it over automatically to the next day on the calendar. If I do accomplish it, I can cross it out and delete it all together. For those of you that are list makers, and I'm a big, big list makers, I even make lists of lists, To Do is a fantastic, simple little Calendar tool that I absolutely love, and I'm not sure I could do business without it. I have never found anything that I like as well as to do. The scheduler that I use is called Acuity, A-C-U-I-T-Y, Acuity Scheduling. Currently, it starts at $14 to $15 a month. I love this because it has lots of features built in where you can set up different types of appointments. I have one for the quick chats that I do with prospective clients. I have another type where it's a consultation that I do with a paying client. And you can even collect client payments via Acuity if you hook it up to your payment portal. If you use Zoom, you can hook it up to Zoom meetings so that if somebody schedules a meeting with you, it automatically sends them the link to your Zoom meeting. It just does all kinds of different things. It's very functional, very user friendly, pretty easy to master, and at $14 to $15 a month, it's a good deal. The social media scheduler that I use is Buffer, B U F F E R. I am on their Pro Plan which currently starts at $35 per month. And it gives you a bunch of different social media channels to which you can schedule content, including Instagram and Instagram stories if you're an Instagram user. Then in terms of tracking my time, this is one that I want to use that I haven't actually started using yet. It's called Clockify, C-L-O-C-K-I. I-F-Y. It's a free time tracker and timesheet app that helps you track your work hours. I think it would be great for those of us who work with multiple clients on multiple projects, which I do. At any given time, I have 10 different projects going for 10 different clients, as well as other things that are going on in my work life. And so having a time tracker to help me track the number of hours that I'm putting into each client's project would definitely be something that I think would help me. So that's on my to-do list. The next category that we're going to talk about here that I spend money on is what I'm calling business basics. The first one is one you might not have thought of, but it's one that I think you might find really helpful, and that is a post office box. I get my post office box through the United States Postal Service. There are different private companies. UPS Store also sells I don't think they call it a post office box, but they sell boxes that you can have mail sent to. I use the smallest size P.O. box, the USPS Rinse, a post office boxes in five different sizes. Each size has its own price points. You will definitely want a computer security firewall software installed on all your devices, I use Norton 360, which secures five devices, and it costs me around $105 a year. You definitely must invest in some sort of antivirus and anti-malware software and password security software like Norton 360. Another good one is McAfee. There's Windows Defender, Bitdefender, or Avast. A-V-A-S-T. I hope I pronounced that one right. Next business basics is a file storage and backup. And I use Dropbox for that, D-R-O-P-B-O-X.com. I pay around $133 a year for Dropbox Plus, and their plan currently starts at $9.99 a month. Now, in addition to doing files backups and file storage in the cloud, I also have an external hard drive that is stored in a locking safe. Dropbox is just one of many options that is available for a file storage, file backup. You can also check into Google Drive. I use that one as well. OneDrive, I also use that one, and Amazon Drive. So for file backups, a lot of writers use three methods simultaneously. They use cloud storage like Dropbox, they use an external hard drive, and cloud backup services such as Carbonite.com. You can never be too careful about keeping those books that you're writing and all that content that you are creating safe and secure. My next category of annual and monthly expenditures is website and email marketing. I'm going to be doing an entire series on budgeting for and planning your website, so I'm not going to spend much time telling you about budgeting for your website today. However, in the show notes, I will include a link to a page on my website that gives you some idea of prices that you can expect to pay if you are planning on hiring somebody, hiring a graphic designer and or a programmer to create a website for you. As prices can vary widely for having websites created and I want to just kind of give you a little tutorial on that. Check out the show notes and visit that link for more information. You will need a host for your website if you are using, for example, the wordpress.org self-hosted content management system. One of the hosts that I use and that several of my clients used is called Bluehost, like blue, the color blue, H-O-S-T. Currently, they are charging $2.95 a month if you sign up for a 36 month contract. And if you are a brand new customer using a shared hosting plan. And that also includes domain registration for your first year. Generally, if you're on one of their basic hosting plans, it costs somewhere around $10 to $11 per month, which is an excellent deal. I always tell my website clients that you should be able to find an excellent shared hosting plan for somewhere between $10 and $20 per month. If you're paying more than $20 per month to have your website hosted, you need to rethink that expenditure because you're paying too much. For hosting bloggingbistro.com, I pay $190 per year. And that includes the SSL certificate. That's the Secure Sockets Layer Certificate that puts that little locking icon in front of the website URL when somebody visits it and it lets them know that it's a safe Site, You can expect to pay anywhere from $10 to $20 a month. I pay $15 a month for hosting my WordPress website. Then, of course, you are going to need to renew your domain. I pay $23 per domain per year. I get my domains through GoDaddy. So that would be a basic price that you can use for comparison purposes. You are renewing your domain name. Like when I say domain, I'm talking about a website address. My website address is bloggingbistro.com. That's my domain. So I have to renew that domain or rent it every year. If I stop renting it, my website goes offline. So it's really, really important that you renew that domain. Just take uh, however many domains that you need and multiply X number of domains by about $23 a piece per year to get you the amount that you should budget for renewing your domain. You'll also want to budget for routine website maintenance. And if you need a new website, you'll want to budget for design and development. And I'll tell you more about that in a new series that I'll be doing after this one concludes when we jump into talking about websites. Next expenditure is email marketing. I have been doing email marketing for many, many years, 15 or 20 years. So I am on a legacy plan with AWeber. That's my email marketing service. If you were to start fresh with them, their pricing is currently somewhere between $16 to $20 per month for up to 500 subscribers. And that price varies depending on whether you pay monthly or whether you pay annually. When you pay annually, you always get the better deal. Another email marketing system that I use that you may or may not decide to use is called Leadpages, L-E-A-D-Pages. P-A-G-E-S. Leadpages is another system that I have used for many, many years. So I'm grandfathered in on one of their older plans. Currently, they are charging $59 a month for the plan that I'm on. However, they do have another starter plan that starts at $27 a month. So you can go in and test Leadpages to see if that might be a good solution for you. What I use lead pages for is creating multiple landing pages and multiple forms and pop ups. They're all connected to my email marketing system, AWeber. And this is why I have about nine or 10 different lead magnets or free gifts that I give as an incentive for people to subscribe to my email list. I have nine or 10 different ones going simultaneously. And I accomplish that through using lead pages. Many email marketing services now offer landing pages and ways to create multiple pop-ups and to deliver multiple lead magnets at one time. So if I was starting again now, I don't know that I would need to use lead pages. However, I'm in it. I've been using it for years. I'm comfortable with the system. I like it. And so I continue to pay for that. Let's move on to our next category. This is a fun category that I love to talk about, which is images. And video. Now, here we're going to be talking to those of us who are bloggers, those of us who are podcasters, and those of us who are doing social media, which I imagine is probably about 100% of us. I use Canva, C A N V A, to design social media graphics. Canva Pro is amazing, and I think that the pro version is definitely worth the expenditure. They're currently charging $12.99 when you pay monthly or $120 a year, which equals out to $9.99 a month. So you get a break of $3 a month when you pay annually as opposed to monthly. I was on their free plan for many, many years, and it was great. Their free plan offers a lot of amazing features. Their pro plan, even better definitely is one that I am really glad that I am forking out the extra $12.99 a month for. Canva also has a video editor that is in beta as of the time that I'm recording this episode. I've heard that the editor makes it much easier to create Instagram Reels and Stories and Facebook Stories as well. I've included a link to more info about their new video editor in the show notes. Since many of you listening are authors or pre-published authors, you are possibly thinking about designing your own ebook, either an ebook that you can sell or an ebook that you can give away as an incentive for somebody who signs up for your email list. The software that I use for ebook design is called Designer, D E S I G N R are. And as of the time I'm recording this episode, they are offering the software for a $27 one-time fee. And I own Designer. I don't use it a lot, but when I do use it, it's pretty fast and easy to use. And they are constantly upgrading the system and making it better with each new release. Another thing that I've invested in for years is a stock photo service. There are several free services that provide you with royalty-free stock photos that you can use on your blog and your podcast and your social media posts and on and on and on. I subscribe to a service that is specifically feminine stock photos because most of my audience consists of women and they like looking at Softer pictures and softer colors. And so the one that I really recommend that I use is called Pixie Stock, P I X I S T O C K. And I'm currently paying $97 a year for an annual Pixie Stock membership. Alicia Powell, who is the owner of Pixie Stock, specializes in providing stock photos that show a diverse range of women of many different colors. And I really love that. They're not just your typical white woman holding her mug of coffee up to the camera, which is what a lot of stock photo houses provide. As an African-American woman herself, Alicia is very cognizant about creating this wonderful array of pictures that are going to appeal to women of every color, which I really appreciate about her. In addition to providing some beautiful stock photos, Alicia also does a lot of training inside of Pixie Stock if you have an annual membership. So as opposed to getting the month-to-month membership, I really recommend going for the whole ball of wax with her and getting the full meal deal, so to speak, because she does provide a lot of additional training and just really top-notch stuff behind the scenes. Another good stock photo service is called the Styled Stock Society. So those are two different ones that you can click the links to and compare to see which one might be the best fit for you. My next category is video. Video is huge. It's where it's at. Everything is moving towards video. In fact, Instagram made an announcement a few months ago that they are going to be putting a huge amount of effort into showing video more in the feed than they are of still and static pictures. So get on the video bandwagon if you're not already on it. I've already mentioned Zoom to you several times, and during this last year and a half, two years that we have been undergoing the COVID-19 pandemic, almost all of us have become experts at using Zoom. For me, being on the pro plan has been well worth the investment because I do a lot of coaching with clients via Zoom, and I also teach workshops, and I do group coaching and group teaching via Zoom, and so I need to be on the platform longer than the free plan gives me, I think, 40 minutes or something like that for free with up to two people on your call. So I am on the pro plan. And currently Zoom is charging $14.99 a month or $150 a year when billed annually. Then we have Vimeo, V-I-M-E-O, which is an alternative to YouTube. I am on one of Vimeo's paid plans. I'm on their Plus plan and that plan currently starts at seven dollars a month which is an amazing deal and I pay it annually. Vimeo gives you a 30-day free trial so I highly recommend testing it and seeing what you think of it. I really really like Vimeo because it is so easy to use and it gives me some privacy options that the free version of YouTube does not give me. Vimeo is also used by a lot of business professionals. And I think that it projects that aura of professionalism when you use Vimeo as opposed to YouTube. Nothing wrong with YouTube. I use that one also. But for a service that I invest money in, I'm investing in Vimeo. Then we need something to edit our videos with. And I use Camtasia for that. C-A-M-T-A-S-I-A. Camtasia releases a new version every year. They're currently charging about $250 to buy the individual version of the latest version of Camtasia. Camtasia is a simple video editor and it just seems to fit my needs. So I use it for editing any and all videos that I post online. I also do a fair amount of teaching for writers' conferences, and these days many writers' conferences and other writerly-type events are online, and so they are requesting that you pre-record a workshop for them to use. And so I use Camtasia to edit the videos that I record. Speaking of recorders, you might also want to invest in a screen recorder. And here's one that's free that I have been looking into recently and testing that I really like. It's called RecordCast, R-E-C-O-R-D-C-A-S-T. It is an all-in-one screen recorder and video editor. It is really easy to use. So if you need something just to kind of get started with, definitely start with RecordCast. And then finally, in the video section here, this could go either in the video section or the podcasting section, is audiogram creation software. Audiograms, you will probably see those a lot as social media posts, as Instagram posts or Instagram stories. It is a way for you to convert audio clips into social videos that you can use to promote your podcast, your blog, your book, pretty much anything. Really, the sky's the limit in terms of what you can use audiograms for. They are fun to use, they're easy to use, And all of the services that I am going to mention to you here in a minute have a free version, so you can test them all before investing in your favorite, which is where I'm at right now. I have tested all of these different audiogram creation services, and some of them I like more than others, but I don't do audiograms frequently enough that I have needed to invest in one of them yet. I am currently testing WAVE, W-A-V-V-E. Headliner, which is spelled exactly the way it sounds, veed.io, that's V-E-E-D.io, and Get Audiogram. Those four are in the show notes. You can click those links and test all four and create a, say, you know, 15-second or 30-second audiogram to promote your next blog post or to promote your book launch or whatever you want to promote. Thanks for hanging in there with me. Our final category for the day is podcasting. If you are already a podcaster or you are thinking seriously of starting your own podcast, you're going to want to invest in some basic equipment. And number one for me has been a host for my podcast I display every episode of my podcast on my website, bloggingbistro.com. All you have to do is click the tab that says podcast and it takes you directly to the podcast. However, because of the fact that audio files for a podcast episode are so large, they're so much larger than WordPress can handle or than pretty much any website system can handle, you need to have a separate host just for your podcast. And the host that I use is called Castos, C-A-S-T-O-S. I love it. I didn't waste a whole lot of time looking around for a podcast host. I had heard there are three good hosting companies. I quickly did a little bit of research into all three. I was very impressed with the customer service that Castos provides or claim to provide. And let me tell you, they do deliver. They are an amazing podcast host. I pay $190 a year to host my podcast through them. Well worth the investment. If you've listened to the Professional Writer podcast for any amount of time, you know that I alternate doing solo episodes with interview episodes. And so I needed to have some software that would record high quality. Interviews when I am interviewing one or more guests. For that, I use Squadcast, S Q U A D C A S T. For the most part, I have been pretty happy with Squadcast. I get some decent recordings from them that are fairly easy to edit. They have a plan that starts at about $20 a month or $220 a year, which includes five hours of recording per month, which is basically all that I need because I don't have guests on every week. And then finally, you would want to invest in some transcription services. This is very handy if you're a podcaster, or let's say that you are writing a book and you want to dictate your book aloud as you're writing it and receive an automatic transcription of what you dictate. So a transcription service can come in really handy and you can use it for all sorts of different things. Similar to what I told you about that audiogram creation software, I am in the process of testing the free version of several different transcription services to see which one feels like the best fit for me. So in the show notes, you'll find links to Duplicate, to Temi, Otter AI, and Descript. The last one, Descript, is a full-featured all-in-one audio and video editor. It's also a screen recorder. And it has an automatic transcription feature. I have heard from a lot of podcasters who love Descript. So you might want to give that one a try and see if you love it as well. I am so interested to know whether you have a favorite tool or service that I need to feature in an upcoming episode. I'm sure you probably do. After listening to me talk about all these tools, you're probably going, oh no, but she left out this one or she left out that one. Starting in the next episode, I'm going to be sharing tools that my listeners recommend. We're going to look at professional development tools, writing aids, publishing tools, project management tools, promotional tools, and productivity tools. So we have a lot of tools to talk about in the next few episodes. Tell me about your favorite writing-related tool or service. All you have to do is email me, laura, L-A-U-R-A, at bloggingbistro.com. Or you could also join the Professional Writer Podcast Community. That's our Facebook group. I'm going to be having some threads in that group where I'm going to ask you about these different categories of tools so you can share your favorites. We're here to support and encourage and challenge and learn from each other. You'll find a link to the Facebook group in the show notes for this episode at bloggingbistro.com forward slash podcast. I can't wait to hear from you about your favorite tools. Thanks so much for listening. Talk with you again next time.